Good morning, Freedom. And uh, obviously, this is a recording. I'm in Las Cruces as we speak, doing a wedding. But just wanted to continue this series really on practical Christianity. As uh, as you know, when I was talking to Brad Jerzak, more theology doesn't help us unless we internalize it, unless we live it. And Jesus said, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. And uh, all things are possible to him who believe. And and uh, unfortunately, most people have not learned how to use their divine gifts of their heart and mind. And that's the secret of the kingdom of God. Jesus reveals to us is whatever we plant in our heart and mind will return so that your joy may be full. And I'll go through a couple more, really, uh, some of my favorite scriptures to make this very real. But this, this whole series is uh, practical Christianity, the restoration of anything lost. And we're going to see uh, uh, Jesus gives us a demonstration of that and uh, as he fulfills the whole concept of the year of Jubilee. Every 50th year was a Jubilee where anything lost was returned to the original owner. All debts were supernaturally canceled. And uh, Jesus, you know, when he returns uh, to Jerusalem, the year he's crucified, is a Jubilee, which is really interesting. It's the Jubilee of Jubilees. It's the climax of the whole thing that he fulfilled it. And he says that this is fulfilled. So uh, here's what's really interesting is uh, the other day, uh, my wife is my witness, is uh, uh, I woke up and I said, you know, we've been praying and most of us think of prayer as thinking about affecting things in our future. Um, but I said, I, half asleep in my prayer and meditation laying in bed as I woke up, uh, I could feel God just nudging me saying, Mike, I'm outside of time. I'm the same yesterday, today and forever. I heal the past. And uh Prayer affects the past as well. And I thought, wow, that, that's amazing. And the Jeff Forrest, a lot of you guys know, um, does the video and everything for us here. So thank you, Jeff, for everything you do. He sends me this, uh, uh, this article about a, uh, an experiment. And we have the experiment data that was published in a medical journal that Joe Dispenza is talking about in his book, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. But listen to this, guys. So... We're taught to think in terms of linear time. Our whole lives are guided by the concept that one event precedes another and that consequences come from causes. We tell our life stories from the beginning. Only in the middle age do we look back, connecting events in new ways to retell our story. Even this perspective blinds us to our linear time. And we have all experienced time's peculiarities, which open up to us wonder. Einstein said, the separation between past, present, and future is only an illusion, although a convincing one. Here we see Einstein speaking like a mystic, and why should we be surprised? I'm reading Dr. Joe Dispenza's book, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. Dispenza takes on the notion of linear time by examining an experiment done in 2000 by an Israeli doctor. But watch for the zinger. So uh, Jeff actually sent me the, the medical double-blind study as well. So here it is. Uh, Dr. Leonard Leibowitzi conducted a double-blind, randomized trial of 3,393 hospitalized patients, all suffering with a sepsis infection, which is a really deadly blood, blood infection. <clears throat> Dr. Leibowitz was interested in whether prayer could affect patient outcome. The patients were divided with half being prayed for and half not being prayed for. So double-blind means it's a random, all these patients are just picked randomly, and the people praying had no idea who was praying, who they were praying for, not praying for. They just knew that everybody had sepsis. And so it uh, turns out that the prayed for patients had an earlier reduction in fever and shorter hospital space. So as they prayed, their fever was reduced and uh, they, they got out of the hospital quicker. <clears throat> it says these results may shock some, but science has been doing prayer studies for quite a while. Now here's the part that is just awesome, mind blowing. 
and uh, allows us to just expand who we are even more. It says the true, truly mind-numbing thing about the study at that, that those praying in 2000 were praying for patients who were hospitalized in the period of 1990 through 96. So let me say that again. They're praying in the year 2000, double blind. These patients were just picked out of these random 3393. The, pa- the people praying had no idea. They were actually praying for people that were in the hospital four to 10 years earlier than what they're praying. <clears throat> the truly is praying in 2000. The conclusion drawn here was that patients who were prayed for in 2000 actually got better by the better in the 1990s. So what is going on? How could this change our idea about time? What if Einstein's right and time is just a persistent illusion, an artifice created by the brain? We're used to thinking that prayer or focused our attention might be able to affect our future, but what if I can do something to today to affect my past? This is really what God's saying of restoration that um, I think this is critical for, for people that have lost anything, you know, whether it's money, time, relationships, even if your mistakes are yours, what, what God was stirring in my heart is like, Mike, I'm outside of time. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. I know in the spirit that you're going to pray in the year 2019 that's going to affect something that happened in your past, meaning that you choose. What do you want? Choose life. Choose life. No matter what, he makes even your mistakes to prosper because he removes every tear, not just the tear now, the tear now, the tear in the past, the tear in the future. He's outside of time. All he is is life. And so one thing I was thinking about today is um, even though there's so many things wrong about some of the things I learned, one of the things I did really did learn with Bishop Oyedipo, Barb and I in our, our Bible school in Africa, he used to say this, he says, uh, the problem with us is we've lived among the humans too long, meaning that we've forgotten our divinity, we've forgotten who we are, that we're children of God, that we're not separate from God. The greatest revelation I said uh, like last week of man is Christ in you, the hope of glory, this idea that the same power that, uh, that scooped out the oceans, that orders the billions of light years of galaxy <laughs> lives in you, and you're one. So all things are possible to God. Yes, we say, yeah, okay. That means all things are possible to you, and he's given us the divine gift of a heart and mind to do it. We just have been confined to human thinking for so long, we stop thinking about supernatural Guys, you are loved, your sons, your joint heir, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you and dwells in me. And so our hearts and minds are divine gifts, whatever we plant there. So we can get crazy and think of that and see it as if it's already done. See and feel as if our prayer is already answered and it will come to pass. It can be no other way. That's what it says is we don't know how. The secret of the kingdom of God is just you plant a seed in the ground. You go to sleep. We know not how it works. The seed has the power in itself. Your hearts and minds are divine gifts, all powerful, that whatever we plant there, and if we hold it there, we'll return. And so that's what this service is all about. And I better keep going here. <laughs> or uh, uh, I said, I don't want this to be too long. I want it to really get into the practicality of this as soon as we can. So um, anyway, let's see. Let me see if I can get to the next slide. All right. So uh, just a couple of announcements. Sunday, August 11, 530 Mountain, 730 Eastern. We're doing our monthly Inspire 100 dot org call and if you don't know what that is guys is you can go to inspire100.org and uh it's really our benevolence arm it's our giving arm where hey if a hundred of us give a hundred dollars a month that's ten thousand a month we can give to single moms family need special needs just tangibly showing the love of god and uh, as we talked about last week anytime you give guys as jesus demonstrated it 
in the second Corinthians eight, nine and nine, eight, it says, you know what, this is how the kingdom is set up is as you give, just see it as this divine flow. The tide comes in, the tide comes out. You know, you take food in, it comes out is, uh, that's a healthy, uh, that's a healthy financial understanding of the kingdom that his divine flow, everything he has, it says, you know what, this is my system. Uh, you are my body as, as, as funds come in and as you give to take care of the needs of others, uh, you know, whether it's to uh, Inspire 100, whether it's to Freedom Ministries, whether it's to something else, no one expects it to come back because anything you give, love gives. And it's just this divine flow that everything's available to you at all times. And uh, anything that doesn't flow out, in fact, uh, the Dead Sea in Israel, God uses physical things. He says, all nature speaks of me. There's a current that flows in, but nothing flows out. And guess what? Nothing lives there. He just shows us a healthy system is when it comes in, it flows out. And all grace abounds to you so that you will always have enough. And we're supposed to have enough to supply the, the needs of others. And so that's what that's all about. We did some really cool things for uh, uh, some projects. We took care of some more funeral needs uh, for a family where the, the the wife passed away unexpectedly and left three kids and the husband. And, and uh, we're doing more with them. Uh, the single mom who was you know, abused her whole life from the Indian reservation. We've just sent money to, for, uh, school clothes for the kids. Uh, we're, we're getting her car fixed up. So she has to drive to work and, and taking care of some of, um, her needs at her home. Uh, just the first time she's ever had a home and I'll share some of that more. So th th I love that kind of stuff. And so obviously the more we can do there, the more we can, uh, uh, you know, just continue to give. And then right after that at 630 Mountain, we'll do our uh, a fellowship. We'll talk about more like this if you need prayer. It's really designed for all of you to have a place to go. I hear from so many of you every week. It's like, gosh, I wish we had a church like this here. Well, you do. The internet allows us to have to do some amazing things. So anyway, enough on that, but we'll see you. Uh, uh, and by the way, thank you for everybody that's giving. It's, it's uh, just understand that. See it as this divine flow that as it comes it comes back multiplied, just like this endless supply where thank you, Father, that you are my need. You're meeting everyone of my, you take care of everyone of my needs. You're my infinite supply. As it flows in, it flows out. And I just have this wonderful supply that all my needs are met at every instant and point of time. We just thank you that all things have always been mine. And that's the true idea of, of how the, the kingdom and how it's supposed to work, guys. So anyway, let's, let's get into this. All right. The greatest revelation of man is that the almighty presence of God is in man. You're one with you. And so this whole idea of, hey, we can have great theology, but we want to show you how simple it is that even a kid can do this. But uh, practical Christianity for restoring anything lost is understanding all that God is, all that you can possibly desire is always yours, always will be yours. That was his, uh, that's the prodigal son or the father's message to the older son. And he said, listen, everything I've had has always been yours. Just ask for it. And that ask is not really how we think, like, they, please, Lord, where we're begging God. It's if you require anything or desire is probably a better word for that Greek word, etio. If you desire anything, know it's already yours. And as you plant that in your heart, all things are possible. It returns. And so the same power, like I said, that carved out the oceans, that created the galaxies, that can do all things is one with you. And so the real prayer is not begging God. It's seeing and feeling the end result as if it's already done. And that seed planted in your heart will return. And so Mark 4, 26, we've, we've covered this a lot. The kingdom of God, as if a man should cast seed in the ground. And then he tells us that your heart is the soil. So how do we, how do we get back to the Garden of Eden? It's simply this. 
is only focus and put our attention on the tree of life. Here's what I want. Here's, here's, here's uh, if we do it in love and peace, where it can't harm another man, is uh, we think on good things, as Philippians 4 says. So what you plant in your heart brings you back to the Garden of Eden. And you're not dabbling with, if I do this well enough, or if I beg hard enough, or if I read the Bible enough, then God will do it. No, that's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. How to get back to the garden is simply plant what you desire in your heart, and it will return. And that's what he's saying here. The kingdom of God is if a man should cast seed into the ground, and should sleep, and rise night and day, and the seed should spring out and grow up. He knoweth not how. The earth brings forth fruit of itself, first the blade, then the year. After that, the full harvest. So that's what that's saying. Now, this whole idea where we, we just shared that, uh, you know, you could, you could pray and it actually heals the past. It happens in the past. And really that our mind, we're trying to get it around, but it's just an example of science is showing us that uh, there is, all things are possible. And uh, he's the same yesterday and today, he's the beginning and the end is if we keep our, our eyes fixed on just what is good, even our mistakes dissolve, even the, the quote unquote, well, there's, there's uh, there's some price to pay and all these things I hear, uh, even amongst, you know, the grace circles. Yes, I understand all that. But there are, there's also a possibility that it's supernaturally restored and healed. That's a possibility. And if all things are possible, then we can have that. And so anyway, do we, do we see this? Like they said, the Old Testament is types and shadows. Jesus is the fulfillment. So all these Old Testament stories are about one thing. It's about his infinite love for us. And pictures and stories of how he does things for us just out of love. And so the type and shadow in Leviticus is this, this concept of jubilee. Let me just read it to you. In addition, you must count off seven Sabbath years, adding up to 49 years in all. So seven times seven is 49. Then the day of the atonement year, you shall blow the ram's horn loud and long throughout the land. Set this year as a time to proclaim freedom throughout the land for all who live there. It will be a jubilee for you. When each of you return to the land that belonged to your ancestors and return to your clan, excuse me, your clan. So here's what's going on, guys. The year of Jubilee is uh, you could never lose anything forever. That said, it was only a limited period of time. Any inheritance that you lost, if you got too poor, where you had to go in debt, you became an indentured servant. After 49 years, the 50th year is a Jubilee, and uh, all debts were supernaturally canceled. If you were a slave, you were set free. Uh, any land that uh, uh, any wealth, any land that you lost, even if it was because of your own mistakes, guys, was returned to you. And so uh, that's, what it, that's what this whole idea of the Jubilee was. So they practiced that after seven sevens. And so seven, as you know, is always the number of completion, perfection, wholeness. <clears throat> and so we see, you know, seven days is the Sabbath. We see seven weeks, seven, seven sevens, years of Sabbath. So seven is this, always this number. And so as you see here, count off seven Sabbath years, seven years, <clears throat> seven, seven years. So after every 49 years, the 50th year was always a Jubilee. <clears throat> and as Jesus, uh, Jesus actually dies and, and uh, rises again in the Jubilee of Jubilees. It's a 50th year. It's a Jubilee year. And so um, anyway, I don't want to get into all that because there's actually a time where it's a 49, 50, 51. There's, there's three Jubilees in a row. And uh, uh, just know that Jesus is the fulfillment of all of this. So you are permanently set free. You're set free from the, the ultimate was sin and death. He goes, you know what? I've conquered death. All that you're going to experience is life. And uh, even when this, even when uh, uh, 
you know, we thought that Jesus died and they were mourning on the third day. Death couldn't contain him because life, he's love and he's light and he can be nothing else. And that the presence of him dissolves anything that's not of him. So death dissolves, sickness dissolves, loss dissolves, lack of joy dissolves when we focus on what's true about us. So that's really what the whole thing is about. So anyway, do any of you guys need debt supernaturally canceled for mistakes you've made? Yeah, sure. So guess what? It's yours. If you can see it and feel it, it's yours. Um, have you have made mistakes in relationships in the past that you, gosh, if I could change anything, hey, all things are possible. He removes every tear as if it never happened. And you can receive right now all joy, all possessions, all money, all relationships, anything that was lost can be restored. It's supernatural. It's the year of Jubilee, guys. So anyway, now where's the fulfillment with Jesus? Let's look at that. So <clears throat> I got to move this video so I can actually read it. Sorry. So, so here's Jesus. He comes back full in the spirit, if you know the story. So Luke 4, 16, when he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. This, the scroll of Isaiah, the prophet, was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where this was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to bring the good news to the poor. What's the good news to the poor? Hey, riches are available. He has sent me to proclaim the captives will be released. The blind will see. The oppressed will be set free. The time of the Lord's favor has it come. Different translations like the King James, but how a lot of you guys probably learned it says, the acceptable year of the Lord has come. I Meaning it was the Jubilee. And so he says, then he rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, sat down. All eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. Then he began to speak to them. The scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. So guys, we don't have to wait for a 49th year or 50th year anymore. Every day is a jubilee. Every day, those were types and shadows. Jesus is the fulfillment. So what he's saying is anything, even if it was your mistakes in the past, he can heal. If you can see and believe what's true about you, that anything you lost, any inheritance is supernaturally restored to you, it'll be restored. That's, that's, the, that's how this works, guys. And so Anyway, uh, I just want to share this testimony again that I shared last week because I think it's really, I think it's really critical. Is uh, uh, <clears throat> hold on, all right, and then we'll we'll just we'll I'll just give you some ideas on how to pray and uh, and actually make this practical so anything that was lost is restored. And so, anyway, I shared this testimony uh, last week about uh, supernatural abundance, but it really fits this too. If you've lost anything. Um, like I said, whether it's money, whether it's relationships, etc. Instead of being bitter, he's love. And so, first of all, I would just, you know, make sure you're in harmony. Make sure you're in peace. Make sure that, because uh, uh, here's the thing, you can only lose something in your mind. If all things are yours at all times, then you really can't lose anything. Just like the, the, the younger son, the prodigal son, he thought, gosh, I've wasted everything. I've made all these mistakes. I'm not worthy. And the father doesn't look at us like that at all. He says, no, no, you've always been worthy. Change your thinking. Change your thinking. You didn't lose anything. All things are available to you at all times as a joint heir of Jesus Christ. You can't lose anything unless you accept it mentally. <clears throat> and so anyway, uh, this, this man lost a large sum of money in this investment. It says a man lost a large sum of money and started in a startup that went bankrupt. He started to have resentment to the other men. In cases like this, you have to remind yourself that nobody can take happiness, nobody can take peace, nobody can take wealth away because you are one with God and all things are always yours, as I just explained. So he started to pray this way. 
<clears throat> I radiate love and goodwill to the men I invested with. And this is the Sermon on the Mount, guys, is uh, uh, Jesus says, hey, you know what? Um, you've heard it said an eye for an eye, but I say, love your enemy, forgive them, pray for them. And so I'm one with God. My business is God's business. <clears throat> I have nothing but love and goodwill to the two men I invested with. The money I invested with comes back to me in peace and harmony in divine speed. Thank you, Father, that I have it in my possession now. So that, that was the prayer that he would did night and day. So he prayed like this night and morning during the day when negative thoughts would come to him. In two weeks, he was totally at peace with the situation. What did he do? He had, he had, he had gotten forgiveness to take root in his heart where he actually started to believe goodwill to other men. Now that's love. That's peace. That's harmony. Instead of I'm going to get these guys back. I'm going to go to court and sue them. That's not God's way, guys. You don't have to do that. <clears throat> All the resentful thoughts were burned up focusing on the truth and he genuinely wished the other men well. In that same period of time, he was notified that a relative passed away and gave him the exact amount he had lost in investment. I, I talked to several people this week about these very things. And I said, here's what I know. We plant the truth in our heart. It will return. Let God bring it to you no matter whatever way is best for you. It doesn't have to come in the same form, the same investment, the same uh, relationship, etc. Just know that, hey, pray for the goodwill of everybody. Forgive. And then the power of God, this, this limitless power of God that, that spans the heavens like a basketball, that you know, carved out the oceans, that literally uh, has billions of light years of galaxy in order. That same power is available at all times with our divine gifts of our heart and mind. And so anyway, uh, <clears throat> just one other reminder here is, is, I think it was two weeks ago, you know, we went through John 14 through 16, where five times uh, the perfect the number of perfect grace, Jesus says, if you require anything, know that you have it. Ask and you shall receive so that your joy may be full. And that, that word ask is, is really, we think it's begging God. It's not that at all. It really is if you have a desire, it's probably the best way. If you desire anything, know that you have it. Because I planted that desire there and all you need to do is see as if it's already done. See and feel as if it's already done, then you shall have it. And so one other thing I wanted to just cover, not the gospel of John now, but one John 5.14. This is the confidence we have before him. In fact, I, I, I put the title there because that's Bible Hub had this written at this capture. This is written that you may know, that you may know. So you, you can have intimacy with these facts, these confidence with these facts. And, and uh, in, in John, he says, uh, this is eternal life that you may know, that you may know that you're perfectly loved and one with him. And so 1 John 5, 14, this is the confidence which we have before, before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request which we asked from him. And so, in fact, let me just read this out of the mirror translation real quick, because a lot of times I think, um, let me find it. <clears throat> 1 John 5. All right. People get confused right away and they go, oh, I wonder if this is God's will. We're not asking to see if it's in his will. If it's in love, meaning that um, loss is not in his, in life. That's not who he is. He restores anything. And uh, so he's only has life and life more abundantly. So loss, sickness, um, lack of joy, none of that's him. So what's his will? Love. And so love is I came to give you all things in life more abundantly, life more abundantly. So it's not, oh man, I wonder if this is his will. 
then we then we start getting we don't have confidence this is written that you may know in fact we go oh i don't know if this is his will I wonder if it's my will and i would say yes he put that desire there and so anyway so here's a better way to translate that really is um his will is to know that we can have intimacy and he hears us no matter what so let me just read this out of the the mirror translation verse 14 Thus we engaged in an unreserved conversation, face-to-face -face with the Father, intimacy. We know that he is delighted to be in our audience in whatever we may ask him. So in his will is, I want you to know that I'm in relationship with you and I hear everything, which makes verse 15 make more sense. And so he says here that uh, it is not a question of whether we're asking anything according to his will or not. That's how most people read this. But rather a statement of fact that it is his will that he hears us no matter what we ask. Now verse 15 makes sense. So his will is that we know him face to face and we have confidence that he hears us. That's his will. Then 15. And if we know that he hears us, which is what his will is, whatever we ask, we know we have the requests that we ask from him. That's why, that's why true prayer is not begging God. It's knowing how would a loving husband that's passionate about his bride treat his bride? He would give anything that his bride required or desired. And that's him. So anyway, well, let's, let's, when we conclude this, when we pray for supernatural restoration, it is, it is using your divine gifts, guys. It's not begging God. What, what do you really want? What do you really desire? Have you lost anything? Then see and feel as if anything you lost is already back in your possession. That's what you're after, guys. That's true prayer. And if you plant that in your heart, just like the seed has power to bring forth in itself, it will return to you. You'll see that you haven't lost anything. It returns to you in divine speed. <clears throat> so planting those truths in your heart will absolutely bring it to pass. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, um, you know, the prayer is simply this. It's not, oh, please, God, do this. No, this is the confidence that we have in him. He hears us, and we have what we desire. So true prayer is just intimacy with him. It's quiet in our minds and our hearts down. Thank you, Father. Just come into that attitude of, of, and feeling of gratitude. It's praise. Thank you, Father, that all things are mine. You love us unconditionally. That anything we lost is, you know what? You live outside of time. You've already restored it back to us. So, Father, we just thank you. We're so thankful and grateful that uh, love is mine. So anyway, that's that. Sorry, I mistyped that. Love is mine and it's restored. Relationships are restored. All money, any possessions, joy, love is mine at all times. It is my possession as we speak. Your infinite supplies flows to me and through me at all times. So Father, we just thank that any, any uh, provision that was lost has never been lost. It's restored to all these people in divine speed in Jesus' magnificent name. Father, we just thank that any any life that's lost, any, any uh, joy, anything in their minds. We just see them whole. We see them vibrant. We see them perfectly restored, and your life is flowing through them, healing everything so that they're perfectly restored, vibrant, restored. Father, any physical possessions, any money, it's, it's restored to them supernaturally. Any debts, we see those completely removed and completely whole in Jesus' magnificent name. It's happening right now. Even as we speak, the minute we plant that in our heart, it's ours. And we just stay in this attitude of 
of graciousness, of thankfulness, of receiving. And if we start to doubt, we bring our mind right back to that and just say these simple prayers every day. And we just thank you for the testimonies that are going to happen in all these people's lives. They will happen. It can be no other way. So, Father, we thank you that as we focus on life, it returns to us multiplied and magnified. We just give you all the praise for the testimonies that have come out of this. In Jesus' magnificent name. And as you get them, guys, continue to, uh, to share. I'm going to share a healing testimony next week with uh, uh, Carrie and Cheryl Hickman and their son, CJ. Just really cool. As they, they did this very thing. And uh, within a day, boom, uh, their grandma just was restored and healed. In Jesus' magnificent name.